Good morning, y'all. Welcome to the Janae Franco Show. I am really excited to have y'all here. It's been a couple of weeks, and to be uh, to be completely honest, I wasn't even sure if I was going to get on this morning <laughs> because we have had um, a lot of travel and doctor's appointments and other things. But I really, even though I do not have a actual script prepared for today, I really felt compelled to get on here and just show up and talk about just some of the things that the Lord is doing in the hopes that maybe you're going through the same thing. Maybe you're struggling as well. Maybe you could use just a voice of encouragement in the, just the transition of honestly from school to summer, maybe you're not experiencing that transition, but you're experiencing another kind of transition. And I feel like the Lord has just taught me so many things. So anyway, I wanted to come here and just be with y'all today. So I hope you are having a great summer so far. It is unbelievable to me. It is halfway through June already. Uh, but we are very excited here. We've been able to, we've been very grateful to be able to travel some. Uh, we did a family retreat all together uh, earlier, well, the last week of May, first week of June. And my husband and I do a marriage ministry. We spend a lot of time with that, doing couples retreats, but we also have what we call family retreats where we get to go all together, not just as our own family. Uh, but also with other families that are striving for holiness, that are striving to live out their faith in every area of their lives. And one of the themes for our, for our retreat and for a lot of the families that were there was really talking about what it looks like to let the Lord really be, not only is he our savior, he has saved us, he has um, given his life for us, and he has made us his sons and daughters. But he is also Lord. He is also like, what does his kingship look like? What does it look like to let him be the Lord of every area of our lives? I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that there's certain, I like to envision it like a house. Um, it's just the way that my visual mind works, where we are not necessarily inviting the Lord into every room of our house. It's like, you know, if you imagine your own house, maybe you have company and you have some friends come over and you clean the rooms that they're going to see, and then you shove everything in rooms that they're not going to see. And so if they open the doors to maybe the laundry room or your bedroom, they would see all the piles of laundry that you didn't get to that week all over your floor. Um, and you might see toys shoved under your kids' beds because that was the quickest way to do things. But what they see is like a clean swept house. And so we don't feel comfortable enough sometimes with him to let him come into all those rooms and nor will he force himself into those places. You know, he is a gentleman. And I do think it's interesting. You could really talk about as well what this would look like. That's kind of, I mean, that's one of the points of prayer is this intimacy with the Lord where we feel comfortable. Like I'm sure there's some people that you would clean your house for like that. Right. And then there's other families or people in your life that you don't even bother picking up the clothes. You just kind of shove them under the coffee table and get on with your life, or maybe put them into a corner of the couch and you sit on the rest of the couch. Uh, we all have those people in our lives. Right. And the Lord wants to be that for us. He wants us to be comfortable, to be able to invite him into our mess, to not feel like I've talked about this before about this need to uh, clean ourselves up, you know, put our makeup on, get all showered, get all cleaned up and um, pretend that those negative sides of ourselves or those parts that we're working on don't exist in order to present ourselves to the Lord in such a way um, that makes us attractive to him. But what's really interesting is that he is actually attracted to our mess, to our need for mercy, to our admitted, our, our admitting 
that we need him as our savior. And, and this is something that's, I fight with, you know, all the time of really not feeling like I have to prepare myself or have things perfect or have things like perfectly controlled in order to put myself in his presence. Um, that has been one struggle of mine just with travel. I don't know if y'all identify with this, if you feel this way when you also travel or your routine is a little bit messed up where maybe you don't get that morning prayer in before the kids wake up. And then before you know it, it's nighttime and you're too exhausted. And so it doesn't look like the way that you wanted it to look like in your brain. And so you just maybe don't do it. And what the Lord wants is our hearts. He wants us there with him, even if it looks a little bit different than our daily prayer. He wants our, he wants our hearts. He wants us to be with him. And so I'm not even sure how I got onto this tangent, but, oh, that's what I was talking about. The Lord, is he the Lord of each area of our lives? And so I think one of the challenges that we talked about a lot on retreat, uh, the cool thing is we're on family retreat, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're with our whole family the whole time. There's some times in the morning and sometimes in the afternoon where we are able to um, send our kids to like a VBS type of activity. And then we have time as a couple to enter into the formation material, to enter into couple prayer with one another, to enter into really intentional conversations, bringing the Lord into our lives and asking each other as a couple, um, what, what does it look like? What area can we offer to him next? We are always growing. We are always changing. I know that I struggle with believing that I'm going to arrive at some point. That's another lie that the Lord has been helping me slowly uproot, which is looking at other people, especially in comparison and thinking that, okay, they have arrived. They are where I want to be. And I want to just get it done and get to that point and check the boxes. And that's just not reality. So, you know, I think it's really important that we're honest with ourselves, that we can really pay attention to where we are. We can invite the Lord into our mess and we can acknowledge that he's not going to barge his way in, but where can, where is he tugging on our hearts to make him the Lord of our life more and more? Is it in your business? Do you want to be less self-reliant and less focused on what you want and more focused on our ministry, whatever you're doing, or, and more focused on what the Lord is asking of you? How is he asking you to use your talent, to use what he has given you in order to serve others? Um, and maybe he's asking you to take a step back and really trust him more and more with that instead of trying to push forward on your own. Is it with your family size? Is there, um, is it difficult for you to trust that the Lord has his best intentions in mind when it comes to your family? Uh, maybe you feel like you can't handle what you have right now, or you're struggling with this or that. And maybe, um, you need to be able to enter into moments with your kids a little more freely. What does that look like for you to take care of yourself so that you can show up better, um, show up more present to your family? Um, you know, are we allowing him to even take, we could go into any area, like your work, um, the time with your kids. Is there something that the Lord is calling you to? Is there a desire in your heart, maybe even outside of motherhood? And it feels like you can't pursue that because you should be present, you know, quotations to your kids entirely. But what if that thing that he's calling you to pursue is one, it's part of his will. Um, and so that takes discernment. But then also, what if that thing that you're able to do kind of outside of yourself, that gift of yourself 
in a sense, outside of your family might be a thing that makes you more mentally resilient, that challenges you in a way that will make you a better mother and a better wife. You know, this is what I have seen big time in my own life is, you know, even as I have struggled in the last, you know, month or so with, um, just the amount of energy I feel like I can have and really doubting that the Lord is the provider of all things, including energy, that if I am placing my trust in him and I'm doing those things, obviously I think it's important that we allow ourselves time to rest. We allow ourselves, we have to, we have to really embrace the reality. Okay. I have not been embracing reality <laughs> in particular the last month or so. It has been something that's come up consistently in my coaching. Um, the most recent podcast from the Catholic coaching podcast is incredibly beautiful. I would highly encourage you to listen to it. Um, I'm still really intellecting and processing it myself as far as what does it look like to be in a season of growth and a season of contribution. And I also want to slap this label of like, okay, it's a season of growth. And so I'm just not going to do anything um, versus how can I contribute in some ways, but then also allow myself the time to rest. You know, you could think of it like percentages where maybe sometime you're, sometimes you're able to give more like 90% and then other times you really need to take care of yourself more so you can give closer to 50 or maybe there's one area of your life where you can give more and another area where you need to rest more if you're building a business. Um, you know, I think we all experience that for, for my ladies that are listening that are trying to build either a business, a ministry, maybe they're, they're volunteering their time in something. It's a, it's a delicate balance between following that call within a call, uh, you know, that obviously paying attention to our vocation, you know, nothing that the Lord is calling us to is going to distract us. I, I mean, I've heard this before, so maybe you have to, where nothing in our vocation has, will take us away. Ugh, okay. My apologies. Nothing the Lord calls us to will take us away from our vocation as a mother. I, I've been thinking about that because somebody told me that about a month ago and I had a very like interesting reaction to it where I was like, I kind of fought it. And I've been thinking about my, my thoughts around that. And I think it's interesting because I think I've used that as an excuse to hold back my voice many times. Um, because I think, well, okay, I'm just a mom, so I shouldn't be doing anything else. And so I get this thought in my head where I don't even try to fit in anything, even if it's a, what I consider a small contribution. Uh, one of the struggles of perfectionism, as you may or may not know, is all or nothing thinking, kind of like go big or go home. Uh, this is something I have always kind of struggled with in the past. Um, a good example of this, I think I've talked about it before, is when I started running in July of like 20... Um, 14, I think it was July of 2014. I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to run, I might as well just run farther and farther. And so I did my first 5k that September got the bug and wound up signing up for my first half marathon that next January. Cause I was kind of like, well, go big or go home, you know? And, um, I do that with my life too, where it's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I might as well just do this like extra, extra, extra. And so it's like, it takes some real discernment and quiet and listening to the Lord to understand what he's calling us to you know, in that moment. Um, and it may not be 0%, but it may not be 100% either. Like there has to be some attention given to each area of our lives. January Donovan talks about this a lot uh, in her woman's school work uh, of the different arenas where we are trying to find balance. Like there will never be exact balance. Okay. I, I think sometimes we can kind of latch onto this in our minds where it's like, okay, let's get this one at hundred percent. And then we're going to get this one. And then eventually like, we're going to be there. We will have arrived. And that's not the reality of our life here on earth. We will not arrive. 
There will always be growth. There will always be change. And I think I've really been resisting that reality of, okay, but there has to be an end to this. Like there, and of course, like the word season even indicates that there, it's a season. It's not going to last forever. But when I think that it's going to last forever and my mindset gets stuck there, then I'm unable to embrace maybe the difficulty or the disappointment or just that even the negative emotions, you know, one thing I've talked about a little bit coming off of my anxiety medication and I've actually really enjoyed it. In a lot of ways, I feel more human, more me now. Now I, I will still say as a caveat, I know some people have reached out to me about this recently. I 100% do not regret ever going on the medication. I think that it was exactly what I needed at the time. I did not have the tools that I have now. I did not have any mindset work. In fact, really, I mean, I saw the psychologist like five times and that was kind of it. You know, honestly, I needed a whole lot more than that, but nobody ever asked me, you know, more questions. I don't know that I was really ready to go deeper at that point in time. And so the medication really did allow me to live my life in such a way that I could eventually with proper counseling, um, deal with the things that I needed to deal with that I could not have done not being on the medication, if that makes sense. So I just want to make it really clear here that I am not trying to make any stance that medication is or isn't necessary. I think that's something that you really have to bring to the Lord. You need to bring to a therapist, um, a licensed counselor, therapist, somebody that can really help you discern where your mind is at. But I will tell you, I don't regret it because it really brought me to this point. You know, I still had feelings of anxiety, with the medication. It just, they were manageable, you know? And so fast forward, obviously um, I had my reasons for wanting to come off of it. And I was like, you know, I just want to see if I can do it. And what's been really interesting to observe now that I have the tools that I have, I have the awareness I have is I am experiencing a wider range of emotions than I have in the past, which is interesting because I am highly, I have a lot of influencing strengths. If you're familiar with Clifton strengths, it's one of my favorite things that I've been learning about. Uh, and I love when my friends send me their strengths and I can offer some insights or learn more and send them the right podcast things that they might be interested in. One of my favorites is Simon Hurry. He talks really beautifully about the strengths within the context of psychology. And what I have noticed, he talks a lot about influencing strengths, being very emotional strengths, being passion emotion. Like we live for like really, um, extra extroversion, you know, we live for like expressing ourselves. I think that's the word that he uses. And I, that could not ring more true for me, but influencing strengths are so, they're so powerful that even if you just have one in your top 15, like it will kind of take over, it will want to be the driver. So if you have more, I think it's really fascinating. Simon Hurry, when he talks he just did a series on influencing domain as a whole and all the strengths that make that up. And I think he said he has all of the influ influencing strengths in his top 12. Like, can you imagine the energy of that man? I think it would be fascinating to meet him one day because I think I have seven in my top 16 or something. So very heavily influencing, very heavily like emotive. Um, I was very emotive as a child, uh, from what I remember from videos I've seen from talking to my parents. Uh, I'm very expressive and I have at least a couple of kids. Um, one more, you know, one more than others right now, just because of her age probably, but, um, they're very expressive and it's difficult for me because I'm having to learn again after spending lots of years, not, pro not, emoting properly, not processing emotions properly for various reasons, 
I'm having to learn to be uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but I do not like to feel uncomfortable. I don't like the feelings of disappointment of, um, <clears throat> I don't like any of the negative emotions. And that's, it's also something that I avoid, uh, in other people in <clears throat> friendships or other things. Like I tend, I also am really high in positivity as far as I think that that's a relationship. What's one of my relationship building themes. I could be wrong to be honest. I'm really trying to remember now if it's executing or if it's relationship. Anyway, it's neither here nor there right now. So in that, that addition, additionally, I will tend to avoid negative emotions, negative people, negative situations. I'm incredibly intuitive when I sense that something is off. It really, I will like almost internalize it too much. It's something that I really have to work on. And I'm trying to remember where I was going with this. This is definitely just a Holy Spirit podcast. I hope that you hear something that uh, the Lord wants to speak to you today because I just felt really called to get on here, even though I didn't have a really good outline going into it. But emotions are something that I've had to learn to process. That's what it is. And I just, I will say that coming off the medications, it's been really beautiful to feel a little bit more of a wide range of emotions. I'm grateful that I have the tools to deal with them. Emotional processing has been super important for me. Um, and really what we talk about with emotional processing is really just allowing the emotion in and to pass. We don't want to dwell. This is not the same as dwelling in a negative emotion that creates more confusion. I, I mean, this is the path that I tend to go on. And I think I've been struggling with in the last month in particular is allowing these negative emotions a little bit too long, not processing them, avoiding them with other emotions, trying to cover them up. Uh, we, we also can tend to cover these up with shame or guilt. And there are certain kinds of emotions we call indulgent emotions. And these are kinds that we don't need to necessarily process. We just need to take action because the, the evil one really loves to keep us in these indulgent emotions. It keeps us stuck. It keeps us from moving forward. Things like um, confusion, overwhelm, um, fear, I think. Um, there's a good list. I don't have a list in front of me, but overwhelm is one. I think a lot of us as moms can identify confusion. I don't knows, um, just feeling really stuck in that. And so we don't take action in which case we just stay in this spiral of this indulgent emotion. And it's really affected my motivation. It's affected because I have relied so heavily on positive emotions. It's really, it's, I'm learning the process of what does it look like to act anyway, even though we might not feel like it. I would say that I have more of a tendency to not act, even though I don't feel like it in certain situations. I'm learning certain things that I know, for instance, as I was establishing my daily prayer habit, um, I very easily would be like, well, if I don't feel like it, I'm not going to do it. And so that would kind of be the reason that I wouldn't show up to that habit that I knew was good, that my reason and my will had said, this is something that you want to do. You've chosen to do. It's good for your relationship with God. It's good for everybody in the house if you pray. And it was really difficult for me for a while. Well, now I have enough evidence that keeping my daily prayer habit is essential to my, it's, it's like air. It's, it's like breathing, you know, and I can't imagine not doing it to some degree. And so my emotions don't really affect that as much, but that process of really having to fight through the, the tumult of the appetites, so to speak, that area may be easier, but in other areas, I may resist more doing the things that I know I need to do, even though I'm not motivated doing it. And so I want to add here that uh, somebody had asked me about motivation recently, 
And they were like, they had a thought, which was no matter what I do, I can't stay motivated. Well, <clears throat> they typed it out. I don't know if they realized it, but that is actually a thought. We can look at that and say, okay, well, does that lead anywhere good? When you think that, how do you feel? How do you act? I can't answer that because I think the model is going to be different in everybody, but I would encourage you if you're feeling that way, uh, if you think, well, no matter what I do, I can't stay motivated. Well, that's actually not helping you because it's not leading you anywhere good. Now, there are lots of thoughts we could have. I understand we cannot put a model to everything in our lives. So at some point, we have to choose to move forward on the things that we have already decided on. I don't know the rules exactly of discernment of spirits, uh, or not discernment, well, it might be discernment of spirits. I know Dr. Greg Bataro talked a lot about it in his courses at Catholic Psych, um, but there's a book, obviously, I think it's St. Ignatius. Anyway, the rules of discernment. Um, I should look into that. That would be helpful. So there are particular rules where if you're not Oh, I'm not even going to try to state them. <laughs> Either way, there are rules of discernment. If you want to know what those are to help you in your daily life, then uh, absolutely go look it up. I think it. I will put it in the show notes. I'll have to look it up uh, and put it in the show notes so that you guys can find it. But if you've already decided something like not in mortal sin, you're in a state of grace, you've decided this, and then you're dealing with the tumult kind of of the appetites of like not feeling like doing it, lack of motivation, this and that, or the other, that's kind of where it's like, well, you've decided that this is your, this will be your ultimate good. And so you need to keep with that ultimate good, even if you are lacking motivation. Uh, now there's other things that you could argue um, could be in place as well, but there's a reason why there's rules of discernment. So I'm not going to keep going down this path because I don't know them off the top of my head. But the but the thing I wanted to call attention to is if you're not feeling motivated, pay attention to if you were layering shame or guilt on top of that. Um, because I find that if I start to layer shame and guilt on top of things, then I also start to layer anger because then I start to feel like I'm mad at myself for not doing this thing that I felt like, in, you know, inclined to do, or I should be able to do. I start saying all of these shoulds, like I should, even still, if I think to myself, I should have my prayer time today. Is that going to bring me to a place of, you know, wanting to encourage that relationship with the Lord? Or is it going to be more about me fulfilling my obligation and being self-centered and more self-reliant? And I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to check the box, blah, blah, blah. So I want to throw that out there. Also, number two I wanted to talk about is one of the things that I've been fighting reality is stress. Okay. Our bodies respond to stress in a lot of different ways. And a lot of times I don't think we give ourselves enough credit, particularly as women. I don't really know if the physiology of men is the same way. I mean, I would, I would guess similarly, but our bodies, when we are under stress, will respond very differently depending on what the stress is. And even good things can cause stress, right? A transition from summer, I mean, from school time to summertime, when you're transitioning your schedule, there's going to be some stress. Anytime you add travel in, there's going to be some stress. It's like when our kids are tired and cranky, you know, my kids were really tired and cranky at one point on this trip. And I was like, really frustrated with them. And then I was thinking like, I'm expecting like this bar that's super high. Like they're gonna, they're gonna just behave to this degree where it's like, as though we are at home, which they still don't even behave like exactly how I want them to at home either, right? But it's like, I want to control the environment because I'm feeling stressed. So then I place that expectation on them and it's just not even reachable. Of course, they're going to maybe relapse and potty on themselves a little bit more. Of course, they're going to like cry and fight more because we're driving 10 hours to, to go somewhere. And then, and you know, that's really stressful on them. And so anyway, I, I want to say that because I've heard a few women express to me, 
um, almost that they have this expectation for themselves. It's completely unrealistic. And we really have to realize that when our bodies are stressed, we're, we're having to maybe eat more, which we might not be if we're um, just not aware of what we're putting in our bodies. We might eat less when we're stressed, when in reality, our bodies need more in order to fight that off. Um, because they need more to process. Our processes change. I've been learning a lot about pro-metabolic eating in the last year. If it's something that you know about, I'd love to connect. It's not something I'm hearing a lot of people express, or at least people I've talked to don't know about it. Um, it's been really helpful for me to learn how to eat for my metabolism. I've been learning a lot about the body and its natural processes and what actually happens, even like psychological stress, anxiety, years and years can create quite a toll on different systems in our bodies. And it's really important that we show them a lot of love, you know, and a lot of self self care in the sense of like treating our bodies with the respect that they deserve as we are created um, as daughters of God, you know, he loves us and he, we need to focus on that area of self care too. And self love, not as the, not as the, you know, what do you call it? Industry the whatever self-help industry is necessarily calling it as, is it's more of treating ourselves with the respect and the dignity that we are created in the image and likeness of God. And that we, as women sometimes, I think can really shove ourselves to the bottom of the list, put ourselves through incredible amounts of stress and in the name of getting things done, checking things off the list, um, pushing forward, you know, there's something to be said about like accomplishing the task instead of slowing down and seeing what the Lord is asking of us, because each day is a gift. Each moment is a gift. Our time is not our own. I struggle a lot with time scarcity. It's gotten a lot better, but it's something I still feel as though like, there's just not enough time. There's just not enough time. And the more I tell myself that, the more I just get focused on me, 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 me. And it doesn't help because then I'm like pushing the kids away and I'm pushing my husband away. And it's like, no, no, I have to get this, 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 and this done. And there's been a lot of like letting go in this process of the summer of really letting, I, if I know that I'm under more stress, I'm taking more care of my body, maybe eating cleaner, maybe, um, maybe even allowing myself if I'm having some drama in my mind about the food to like, not be afraid of food, to not, um, to not necessarily restrict for the reason of like fear. So I'm not going to go too far down that path, but what I've learned about our bodies and stress has been really interesting to me and how much stress we put ourselves through and then expect the same amount of output, the same amount of energy. When the reality is like we are, we may need to be working on our mindset around certain things and other things may just have to slide for now because we only have so much energy to work on our mindset. So that's one thing I wanted to say about that. And yeah. And just allowing reality, you know, if things change in the summer, if we've, you know, we have sick kids or we have a vacation or travel or this or that, like just acknowledging that we need to allow ourselves rest. But at the same time, we also need to allow ourselves to stick to some sort of structure to some kind of routine. It helps the kids. It helps us. It helps our minds. So it's really, my husband and I are working. That was one of the things that came out on our retreat too, was like how much we really wanted to work together on like a family structure, um, kind of a family calendar, but I actually kind of have this, <laughs> I even really minds that working around the calendar. You would think, I don't know if there's anyone else out here that would be simple to just do, make this calendar and then do it. But there is so much mindset work that needs to be done for me around like actually doing the tasks when they are supposed to be. Um, I'm not going to go into details as far as, because to be honest, I haven't really thought about it recently, but I do have a lot of mindset work about like at 10 AM when I'm supposed to do this, what are my thoughts about it? And I can like reason myself out of almost anything to do almost anything else um, like that may be more directly in front of me 
or whatnot. So my husband and I were just talking about this and we were really wanting to kind of put together a better family calendar, protecting our priorities, protecting our time. And it's something that we've been working on a little bit in the last week or so, but it's been a little chaotic with all the travel. So just accepting the reality uh, of where we are at um, and what we're capable of doing. So I have talked longer than I thought that I would, but if you have any questions on any of this, I know it wasn't real like streamlined uh, motivation. One thing, I, one more thing I wanted to say about motivation is just to be really clear is that we know that our feelings are our passions are something that are meant to motivate us toward the good, not toward evil. And so if we know that our thoughts are what lead to our feelings and our feelings are what lead to our actions and our actions is what leads to the result. Um, we can, if we can start to trace this in the model, that's why I love, love, love the Metanoia Catholic journal. I love everything they're doing in the Metanoia Catholic Academy. Um, they have some amazing podcasts. Pretty much all of them have been really, really good as far as teaching us how to trace that out and to start to see how, you know, if we can isolate maybe how we're feeling as women, I know we're more in touch with how we're feeling. If we can see like, maybe you're feeling unmotivated, what is the thought that's leading you to that? And then how are you showing up? And then we can start to see how we want to be able to choose different thoughts. But sometimes we need to repent of those thoughts that we're having. Um, I know it's, it's made my confessions a little more interesting uh, because I can come with these particular thoughts that I have consented to and where they're leading and then be able to slowly climb the belief ladder to slowly get to like, maybe I don't believe this thing that's really far away, but I can believe the next step. Like I, one of the things that we like to say is like, I'm in the process of blank um, because it can allow for that growth. It can allow for us to not be there yet. And it has just been really helpful for me in being able to overcome um, or just allow God to really, I don't know about overcome, but just him allow him to transform me in the, in, in the times that he wants to transform me and to trust that process, to trust that the season of growth that I'm in is going to lead to that season of contribution in certain ways that I might be craving. But right now I need to be really attentive to this growth, maybe to the uncomfortableness, maybe to the pain, maybe to the suffering because that is where I'm going to learn the things that are going to make me transform me into who he wants me to be. He's going to transform us in our suffering more and more to be more like him, more to be like Christ in our suffering, you know, and that is the beauty of it. It's, it's one of the most intimate things. One of the most intimate processes that we can possibly go through is even in the most darkest times of my life, I can look back and just, there is a little bit of sentimentality or a little bit of like, I just understand the Lord's love for me so much more because he has shown me where he is in some of those darkest times. And he gives me that grace. He gives us that grace. He's the one that transforms us, not us, not our work, not our hard, like checking all the boxes and all of these things. Like those are all great qualities to have, but always submitted to the authority of Christ and letting him be Lord of every area of our lives. So on that note, if you have, I would love to hear your feedback. If there's something I talked about, you'd love to hear me talk about in a little bit more of a, um, an outline, <laughs> uh, an outline and a little bit more information there. I would love to do that. Find me on Instagram, find me on Facebook. I'll be showing up as best I can in between the different trips and other things that I have going on, but I am praying for y'all. Um, if you're also, if you're hearing something and you're thinking there might be a thought or a feeling or something that you would like to get some help on, you are welcome to come and sign up for one of my strategy calls. You can find that link in the show notes. I would love to help you get unstuck and just really find the Lord's will for your life more and more. So God bless you guys. I hope you have a great Wednesday and I'll talk to you soon.